Welcome back to Hold Up, a podcast where we look at LGBTQ media to see how it well, holds up. My name is Grace, uh, and my co-host is Hudson. Hudson, how are you doing? I'm doing uh, all right this evening. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well off the, I mean, last weekend, this podcast will drop a week um, from Canadian Thanksgiving. So last weekend was Canadian Thanksgiving, so it was quite uh, an enjoyable time. Uh, we have Thanksgiving a month before you folks have, it's kind of like we get two Thanksgivings because we kind of like, our, our media is so American focused that like, I get to have my own Thanksgiving and then when your Thanksgiving rolls around, I get to, you know, there's like, <laughs> people are watching football and whatever, you know, so I can't, it's, yeah, it's kind of nice. Like, I literally know nothing about Canadian Thanksgiving. Do you do the turkey? Is it a similar, like, um, like, uh, intro to the Canadians of the, I don't, you know, I don't know, uh what i'm saying right now <laughs> I'm, I'm debating right now whether how much to like pull your leg and, and be like uh, we only we eat like we harvest the poutine no uh no it's like the same basically it's like it's not so much the focus of like the you know indigenous peoples and canadians coming together but we it's more uh, like a focus on like you know this is when we would harvest food so mm. um but it, yeah we eat turkey uh I, I shouldn't speak for everyone this is what my family does we eat turkey we have pumpkin pie yeah, it's like I think it's pretty similar to what Americans would do on Thanksgiving. We don't watch football though. Mm. Yeah. Sounds nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's nice. It's normally like still super warm out. So yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Um, I I did have a question for you. So I mean, Thanksgiving. It I don't know how much it. Ran- I'm not a big turkey fan, so it doesn't rank highly for me on my um my holiday thing. So on New Girl Old Guy, who gave us another shout out this week, and I don't think when I shouted them out, I explained what New Girl Old Guy was at all. Which is it's a New Girl rewatch podcast. So if you are interested in New Girl, check out New Girl Old Guy. Um, so it blew my mind that they were basically saying that like Hanukkah isn't the like isn't like an A, a, a top tier holiday it just has really good like marketing it's around the same time as christmas so there's a bit of that competition type thing but it's not a top tier jewish mm-hmm. holiday Blue yeah Island. yeah i know uh like you don't like i i grew up in the what's called the conservative sect which is kind of like the in-between point of reform and orthodox and you know we didn't go to synagogue on uh uh for hanukkah at all and i you know i really think it was just uh made into a thing because jewish kids were jealous of their christian friends for having uh, you know, a time to get presents at the end of the year. Um, you know, like we just had like two Jewish holidays that I think are bigger than Hanukkah happened like like the past few weeks. Like we had a uh, Sukkot, which I don't really like. I can tell you what the holidays are. I couldn't tell you why they happened, but it's like that's right. Sukkot, you like you, you shake these things. Like one of them looks like a like a big like coconut, and the other one looks like a piece of corn, okay. and like you shake them. And then you like eat outside in in your sukkah, which is like this wooden structure that has no ceiling because you need to be able to like see the sky. And then the other one is simcha Torah, gotta do the cha, and that is where uh, you get to the end of the Torah and you dance around the entire synagogue with the Torah. Just it's completely um like spooled out and you like dance around the entire temple with it and it's like a celebration of finishing the torah for the year oh that's so fun so so um sarah nair because i tweeted um at at ali and akiba basically saying that this blew my mind and so she ranked them actually all the all the holidays for me but it was fun actually as you're talking about it she put like little uh emojis or emoticons at the end of each holiday uh, which to me 
like I you know so after uh so get there's this like a tent as I was like I don't know I don't want to go camping and then uh some katoras as I said there's a drink and there's a woman dancing um, so uh I'll retweet that I'll retweet that on my Twitter but she has she has uh Purim is that how you would say Purim number one yeah yeah I mean Purim is like was like our first like uh almost genocide uh <laughs> and okay that sounds like not fun but. I'll, I'll well, wait for the rest of the explanation. Well, so basically, there's this this the story of this guy Haman. He's like, uh, I'm gonna kill all the Jew- Jews, and then I like this is such a bastardization of the story because I'm I'm very lapsed in my uh, study of Judaism. But basically, this woman Esther saves the day, and Haman is the one who dies. And for the holiday, you get to dress up, and then they read the story. And anytime his name is said, you have a noisemaker called a grogger, and you you like spin the noisemaker. And anytime his name is said, and you hiss and you boo, and it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's like Jewish Halloween, basically. Do you want to guess? Do you want to guess the the emoticons that come after Purim in uh, Sarah's uh, rankings? See, is there a guillotine? No, there's no guillotine. <laughs> I don't know if there is a guillotine emoji. <laughs> oh, and you you eat these little cookies that like are like shaped like a five corner hat and have little jam in them. So is there a cookie? No, it's a it's a drink, and then you know like the the drama masks. Yeah, that's the two drama masks. That's what it is. Anyway, I'll re- I'll retweet that for folks who are. Interested. It blew my mind. Um, always excited to learn more about Jewish culture because I'm. You know, you said you're behind on your knowledge. I'm I'm way behind. I'm decades <laughs> behind, centuries. Um, yeah. So the episode that we're going to talk about today, um, we're talking about Ellen's The Puppy episode, and this was something, I think it, it got suggested a lot, but how do you have a bit of a connection to it? Yeah, so I came out like, as a lesbian when I was around, around 14, which was in 2004, and so basically my entire life I knew Ellen was a lesbian. She was like the lesbian, because when I was seven, I didn't, you know, I didn't know what a lesbian was. And one of the first things I kind of devoured in terms of queer media was all of Ellen, like seasons one through five. Back when it wasn't even called Ellen, it was called like some of my friends. I don't even remember. Um, yeah, wasn't there a season like two, like a purge? All, all the yes. uh, Ellen was like the only person who kind of like they kept on and they kind of rebranded it under the Ellen brand. Yes, uh, the woman who played um, uh, what's his face's uh, Chandler's girlfriend, who like has allowed like nasally laugh was one of the, Janice yes she was one of the uh, main people in the first season and everyone was gone by season three and it just became Ellen and Ellen even had long hair and male paramours in the first season so uh mm-hmm. as how far it has come um so I've, I've seen every episode it's been a while since I've seen every episode and they used to I think play it on like um the own channel which is one of those digital cable channels in the high hundreds and i used to watch it like during the summers and after school so i saw it a lot (laughs) did you remember watching this this episode um no i don't have a specific memory of watching this episode but it was so ingrained in my head because at that time i was like on all like these lesbian forums the the lesbian media website um i went to was called after ellen uh, so <laughs> she was kind of just the kind of the queen of the the lesbian media. <laughs> yeah, for a hundred percent. I I think it's interesting. Like, I mean, this is it took us sort of episode four to get to Ellen, but literally on so many of the shows that we've been talking about watching or we we have watched. Like, you look at like sort of the the, the piece of the Wikipedia article, and there's often like Ellen's pictures there because it's like referenced as the like the turning point or like the sort of 
you know, a big landmark moment in media that um, someone who was so well known would would come out. So it's certainly like um, a groundbreaking show. So, yeah, I don't have any memory of it. I sort of knew it happened. I, I don't you know, until Ellen sort of popped back into the like the mainstream media with sort of Finding Dory and then the um, Ellen DeGeneres show. Um, I didn't know much like about she was sort of just like this person. I do. She was a lesbian, but um, didn't know much other than that. So I, I didn't I've never watched this. I never watched this episode before we picked it to watch it. Yeah, it's it's kind of wild to think like 2003 was not like a, you know, 2002, whenever she uh, started the Ellen talk show. Um, it wasn't a great time to be LGBT in the United States. Um, it was right before a lot of states, you know, banned gay marriage in 2004. So it's, um, you know, she didn't have a, she didn't have a friend who like ran for president at the time who ran on <laughs> opposing gay marriage. Did she? She, she maybe a friend who she has now. Oh yes. Oh right. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. No. Sometimes she shares, you know, snacks <laughs> with in her fancy seats at the baseball games yes football football, football. sorry sorry yeah. i don't i don't follow sports that's fine they're um, all the same, all the sports are the same. Yeah. pretty much um so yeah i mean you know uh 17 years ago six i honestly what year did the ellen show uh ellen's talk show start because i'm gonna keep getting that wrong um, um but I, I'll, I'll look at that. I'm, uh, yeah um but basically in 2000 in early 2000s when she was doing her talk show she hated george w bush yeah and look what happened now um 2003 is the beginning okay. of the ellen DeGeneres show i was right cool or, or often shortened to ellen i know it's confusing because like her tv sh- her sitcom was ellen her like basically her like talk show is named ellen her second her sitcom did she, she had another sitcom she had a sitcom that's oh, start- the ellen show yes yeah. which oh was God. about her being a lesbian from the start um, but that show was canceled during, after one season. Maybe we should have seen this like uh, thing coming where like she's a bit like obsessed with herself and like a bit mean to everyone around. Maybe we should have seen this coming from the branding of uh, the three TV shows she's had. Yeah, I mean, re- regardless of like you know her her current known behavior, it's it's pretty cool to you know realize that back then there was an openly lesbian person like on daytime television for you know people who may not be you know know a gay person or be very. Um, open to gay people to be able to see that person on their TV every single day. Yeah, I mean, I remember my mom watched the Ellen show, like the talk show. Um, it was like on in our in our house a lot. It kind of like you know the rerun would air um, around like four or five, so it was like right before dinner. So often, like you know, some some my mom and my dad might be in the kitchen making dinner, or my mom might be doing some some work, and uh, Ellen was on all the time, and. Um, I don't really think I knew like how important that was because I didn't really know what like my sexuality or, you know, that I was different at the time. I, I kind of knew, but now in retrospect, knowing that that was like something that was on, especially for, um, we, I grew up in a very small conservative, um, rural city in not even a city is a village in Canada. And, um, yeah, it was just on. And Ellen was kind of like, you know, I, I think I've talked a lot about how we're going to see how in a lot of things, the sort of first introduction to like, you know, an LGBTQ character or a whatever is, is going to be like, what's the most palatable way to like introduce a character. And Ellen was like, you know, cause she was such, I generally think she was really funny. Um, she was like someone who people would be like, okay, like, yeah, she's gay, but you know, eh, she's, well, I'll watch her talk show. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, on to this episode. So um, I feel like a lot of people know what the episode, what happens in the episode, but they don't know what the plot of the episode is. And mm-hmm. the, so the plot doesn't revolve 
around like well it does revolve around ellen coming out as gay but it doesn't like that's it doesn't start with her being gay it starts with her basically having a date with uh, a college friend who is a man and they're catching up you know doing that sort of oh remember when remember what and laura dern who is uh, a co-worker of the college friend uh shows up to you know uh say hi i guess i'm not sure why she shows up and uh she and ellen have some chemistry um but uh, ellen decides good to go back to the the hotel room with with the uh with the man and after he starts to hit on her uh she becomes very uncomfortable she leaves his hotel room and who is you know walking down the hall in the hotel but laura dern and laura dern is like do you want to do you want to come into my hotel room and they continue to have that very flirty banter they had at the restaurant and uh, Laura Dern kind of comes on to Ellen and reveals that she is a lesbian and Ellen freaks out. And uh, I can keep going, but... <laughs> so in, in retrospect, though, she doesn't really come on to her, right? Because, uh, I mean, uh, now I'm just going to, like, spoil the end of the episode. So if you haven't watched it, go watch it and then come back. But, um, like, she's in a long-term relationship, right? So she kind of just ends up outing herself. And I, I think there is a little bit of, like, I don't know. There, there is flirtation, definitely. But I don't know how much that was, like, uh, Laura Dern's character, like, Susan like actually like wanting to anything to happen with it. I don't know if that I, was, I think it's implied that if Ellen was like an open experienced lesbian at that point, that she would have like Lauren Dern's character, Susan would have um, had an affair with Ellen, like a one, oh. like a fling. That's, that's what I think would have happened, but that's just my, I, I read it more and this, you know, I could be wrong, but more as sort of, I mean, like, Susan is kind of like opening herself up to be a bit of like, you know, a gay mentor, like her little, like, like kind of, um, yeah, kind of like see, I don't know. Maybe she didn't know that. I mean, I guess she knows that Ellen's not out, but I mean, I certainly had that person, um, who was like, you know, one of the first people I told who was just, you know, he was out. So, you know, um, when I came out as gay and, and like, um, that's sort of the way I read that relationship and that Ellen's a bit mi like misreading it in the sense that like, um, and it's sort of funny, it plays into the trope of, like, uh, that we've talked about, that, like, not every uh, gay person is, like, into someone of the same gender. Like, I think Ellen sort of freaks out in the sense that, like, oh, my God, would it, I don't know. She freaks out because she's obviously internalizing a lot of, like, homophobia, but also um, that she thinks Susan might be hitting on her. But I don't know. I guess they did go to the tar pits together. So, yeah, update, maybe. Yeah, I... <laughs> I don't know. I personally like just felt the chemistry and was like the coulda woulda happened. But I think you know, you're it does happen like when you do meet that first person who is like, like oh, I maybe I'm like that too. You kind of yeah. get a little bit infatuated with them, and it was from Ellen's point of view. So like this whole show could be just how Ellen views things. So Ellen could have yeah. you know been. It could be it could be like a non-reliable narrator situation. <laughs> That's interesting. People should tweet at us whether they think that Susan was, you know, trying to flirt, maybe, you know, have an affair with with Ellen or um, she was just trying to like sort of be there as sort of like a mentor figure. So I'm interested to hear what people think. If it sounds like we have differing uh, views on it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we sure Our do. first fight, Hudson. I know. <laughs> Our first disagreement. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. Yeah, so that happens, and then Ellen uh, is talk talking with her therapist about it, who's played by um, her her future com competition in daytime television, Oprah, <laughs> uh, and she is explaining that she just didn't have chemistry with uh, this guy, and she doesn't understand why she didn't have chemistry with him, and when Oprah asks if she has had chemistry with anyone, she says, yes, and Oprah asks, what was his name, and she says, Susan, 
And that was like the first moment that Ellen is officially not a straight person in the show. Yeah, the, you know what? I I I wondered this. I don't know if you know. Um, like I don't know if the show was like filmed in front of a live studio audience, but there's this really interesting thing, and and, and whether and it's called the puppy episode because the idea was they were trying to hide what was going to be the content of the episode, but I but it obviously leaked or something because mm-hmm. the first scene of the episode is you know her friend sitting around the couch and being like, oh come on, when are you coming out? Like when are you you know when she's getting dressed in the closet, like when are you coming out already? And she's like, come on, I have forty minutes, like you know two part. Of, and I thought that was really fun. I wondered if it was like filmed after they filmed everything else, if it's not filmed in front of a live studio audience, it doesn't really matter because they can just put in the laugh track and right. um, whatever. But obviously, like, if I was watching that show, I now know that this is the coming out episode. It's not like this is a like a plot twist that um, I, I wouldn't have known about going into the show because they so heavily foreshadow it, I think, to a point where it's really obvious what's about to happen in this episode. Well, so. I, I don't mean to say, well, actually, but... <laughs> Oh, you can you can well actually me. That's fine. So, uh, basically, so uh, the the reason the it was called the puppy show, the puppy episode is because uh, the 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 executive producers and the people at ABC were like, when is Ellen gonna have a love interest? And there was the joke, well, she'll just get a puppy. And then okay. that started the conversation of Ellen's character coming out. And it leaked in 2000, oh, sorry, in 1996 that she was gonna have a coming out episode. So the entirety of season four, there are jokes like that in like mostly the opening stinger so in the first episode of season four um ellen is in uh getting ready to take a shower and she's singing i'm so pretty that song and when she gets to the um witty and gay part instead of saying witty uh, gay she says hey because the water in the shower isn't turning on um Mm -hmm. so that was the first joke about her being gay and the the hints continue throughout the season i wish there was a good compilation on youtube of them but sadly there isn't there isn't but um yeah, it was like the 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 worst kept secret of, of 19, the 1996-1997 uh, TV season. Okay, that makes that makes sense um, to me. Um, did was there much controversy? Like, because it says ABC, which is uh, owned by Disney, um, was there much like pushback from whether it was gonna uh, air? It sounds like we got final like Disney sort of had, had final approval and did decide that they would. Yeah, so uh, there there was an interview with uh, Bob um, I- Iger, um, who uh, was the ABC president, and he basically was uh, like, "Hey, uh, it does, it's like uh, we just want this to happen." Uh, you know, he he pushed for it, so um, that was one of the reasons why it actually came on air. And Disney was in favor of it, and like Disney had already kind of had some um, pro gay initiatives happen, like Gay Day at Disney World and Disneyland. So they didn't have any issue with it. Uh, but you know, advertisers were just like, "Nope, we're we're not gonna support this episode." Jerry Falwell was like, uh, "We're gonna." boycott we're going to you know send hate mail there were bomb threats sent to the studio they had to be evacuated oprah got racial hate mail laura dirt didn't have um like any uh work for a year after there was a ton of backlash and um every episode from the puppy episode forward had a parental warning in front of it even though ellen never has an on-screen kiss with uh, a same-sex partner yeah, it's and, like literally in the first episode, it's like the two times she sort of comes out or says it in the first episode. Uh, I think they're both in the first episode. It's her saying, 
you know, Susan is, uh, you know, who have you ever had romantic feelings for anyone? Susan. And then her <laughs> saying I'm gay on the loudspeaker in the airport. Uh, that's, that's it. That's all like, I mean, I know the episode is about her being gay. So, that, but it's like, it's so funny to think back. It's not funny, but you know, we look back at like what that criticism was. It's like, oh my God, someone said they're like, they said I'm gay on a TV show. Like that's, that's what the criticism was. It's just like gay people literally existing. So. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's wild because it's if you watch the episode, this could be shown on like Disney Channel. Like it's yeah. it's so yeah. tame. It's, it's so tame. Like the most revealing it gets is during a fake scene where Ellen like tells a lie to her uh, her coworkers and friends that she had sex with um, her her male yeah. college friend. Um, <laughs> Richard, I love that you can't remember his. Name. Yeah, he's so forgettable. <laughs> like his name is Richard. He's yeah. he's only yeah. in the first half. Uh, <laughs> That's right. He's he's just the the diving board in which Ellen, uh, you know, dives into the pool of gayness with. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's, uh, he's he's. Uh, is there a term for this? Like the last person you like, you know, uh, inter like you know, are with before you're like, oh no, okay, I'm. Gay. I mean, I, you know, not everybody is uh, who comes out is in a binary where it's like, okay, well now I'm not gonna be with men anymore. But well, sure, you know, um, I do have a story. <laughs> It's a little bit of a no. sidetrack, but I used to work at Trader Joe's, um, and before I started taking testosterone, um, and I had short hair, and I very much looked like, you know, like a butch lesbian, and this, uh, this, this guy came up to my register, and he was like, you know, I've had a lot of, you know, butch girlfriends, like, a lot of my girlfriends have been gay, and I was like, uh, uh, what, I, I have, I have a girlfriend, he's like, I'm not hitting on you, I'm just letting you know, I've had a lot of girlfriends who turned out to be gay, so I think there's, like, a subset of, like, cis heterosexual men who like butch women and so they they fall for a lot of women who happen to be gay because not all butch women are gay but um they, with, was this blaine from last week's episode <laughs> no, this was definitely what, not, blaine at trader joe's it, it, it oh, could have right. been uh oh. <laughs> but it was not it just sounds a bit like blaine like you know um, anyway because i you know i never got hit on or catcalled you know until <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. so um yeah okay. there's there's a type of man and um who just happens to be the last one before like, you know, woman is like, yeah. I just can't do men anymore. And it's time yeah. for me to, to see if I, you know, feel, uh, sapphic enough to be with a woman. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, <laughs> so the, the, the episode, uh, it, it continues, uh, basically, uh, Ellen needs to tell Susan that she's gay and, uh, Susan is at the airport with Richard and Ellen goes and runs to the airport. Um, and, Richard is there and Susan is there and Ellen decides to tell Susan that she's gay and accidentally leans on to a switch that turns on the loudspeaker at the airport. So she announces she's gay to the entire airport. And that's how uh, the first episode ends. And a fun fact, in that airport, Ellen DeGeneres' real mom was one of the extras. Yeah, that's so sweet. That's so nice that her mom. I think there's a there's a thing on it. Like her mom has come to like almost every taping of the Ellen Dennis show. So she obviously has like a very supportive mom. But it's so cute that she's in, um, she's there in uh, in the airport as an extra. Yeah, and this this episode just has a ton of like under the radar gay yeah. references and like overt gay references. So like Ellen says, "Oh, I should have never watched Personal Best." And Personal yeah. Best was like the first lesbian movie to ever be in theaters in the 1970s. Um, it has not aged well, but uh, if you like, uh, it, it, it doesn't hold up. It does not hold up. But if you enjoy oh. uh, like movies about um, 
uh, athletic lesbians um you should check it out that's my favorite genre it's my favorite <laughs> netflix genre when they you know you're scrolling down athletic lesbians that's my favorite netflix I, uh, i'm not surprised category. that's one of your categories <laughs> no, 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 right? it's yeah maybe we'll add this we'll add a personal best maybe to future <laughs> episode list yeah and uh, um and uh, someone brings out oh um page who is uh ellen's best friend says oh i've seen the movie bound and bound was a movie with gina gershon gershon gershwin uh <laughs> Who, Gershwin, I think. Yeah, she and she appears in uh as, in a cameo, and um it's about like a a lesbian uh handy woman who goes to work at a um, a mafia boss's house, and uh there's this uh lesbian played by Jennifer Tilly, or this woman played by Jennifer Tilly who she has an affair with. Um, very sexy movie. It was directed by the Wachowski siblings uh before oh, cool. either of them came out, so that's even more fun. <laughs> Yeah, I think at some point we should do The Matrix just because it, it, you know, they, they talk about it being sort of a trans analogy, but they, they weren't out at that time. So um would be fun to talk about at some point. But, yeah, I've, I haven't watched yeah. those movies since uh, I was yeah. a teenager either. So I definitely would be interested, especially because it's been so co-opted by um, a shitty group of people in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I want to talk a bit about the cameos in the in the scene, and then eventually I want to come back to like her coming on the loudspeaker because I think that's hilarious. But um, did you know many of the? I I I mean, this is again where I think we'll differ on like our our reference our like queer references. And mine isn't even a queer reference. It's like oh Billy Bob Thornton, that's the person I knew. Yeah. And I feel like there's more people that you would have known uh, from that first scene of the second episode where she's like having a dream in the in the grocery store. Right. So apparently. Billy Bob Thornton and Laura Dern were engaged at one point, and that's nice. why he's yes. in the episode. And there's like a bunch of sling, sling, sling back references, which is kind of a forgettable movie from the 90s, um, yeah. and which doesn't hold up uh, <laughs> in terms of references. But yeah. um, also in the dream, as I mentioned, was Gina Gershon, Gershon or whatever. Uh, and um, Gina. Gina. <laughs> Gina. Yeah, Gina. Gina G. Yeah. Um, yeah. As well as Katie Lang, who is famed lesbian musician, and her then-girlfriend, Leisha Haley, who would go on to star as Alice in The L Word. Um, oh. Yeah, and one last lesbian cameo was uh, in the final scene of the second episode. Uh, there is a woman who hits on Paige, and she happens to be played by Georgia Fox, who was on the show CSI, who is also an openly gay person, but obviously was not out um, publicly at that time. So, and Melissa Etheridge played the song in the beginning, who and she's out right. as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. So fun little. It's it was fun to see. Yeah, you know, just like especially at that time, because um, this is like you know again, there's so much controversy about this episode existing, and then you have all these other like lesbians who are just being like, yeah, we're like we're. And I mean, I know some of them weren't out, but like, yeah, I, like here we are. We're we're gonna be on this episode. I thought it was really it was nice. I really liked it. Yeah, it was uh like very like the uh the the lesbian a list of uh of Hollywood. <laughs> yeah like came out to support ellen which was really sweet and does show that yeah, ellen does nice. does does have an ability to have keep good contacts at least yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh yeah. yeah that's the most unrealistic part of this show, ellen yeah friends yeah um i want to go back to ellen coming on the last yeah. because i think it's like uh i think there's a couple things about coming out that like i think are just fun, like interesting to chat about and one is that like there's this idea like and ellen actually does she has to come out a few times in the episode so like she comes out to her therapist and she comes out um <laughs> at the airport in front of i love later when she's like actually the people at the airport took it quite well um <laughs> uh, she comes out to all of her friends so she comes out three different times this episode and i think that that's like i that's like my like 
we just recently i think uh when was national coming out day uh the 11th uh, yeah so fantastic thing to have national coming out day i you know people will come out it's really hard to do it's really scary it's terrifying um it takes a lot of courage to to do it amazing there's a lot of people who can't come out um you know for whatever reason and, and uh, important to support those people as well come out when you're when you're ready um but coming out isn't a thing you do once and um that's not just to say for like me coming out like when i came out as gay and then i came out as trans i have to come out like or and choose when or when not to like all the time mm-hmm. like and and it's a thing that happens so like depending on how i'm like presenting at work and we have like someone who comes into the office i like in that moment i mean they'll eventually know my name is grace but i sort of have to like figure out okay how am i gonna like let them know am i gonna like let someone introduce me and say my name or am i gonna introduce myself and say my name and then say my pronouns like i'm constantly figuring out how i'm out or like do i choose to like when i go get a coffee um and they say like hi sir do i choose to say like oh not not sure like do i choose to come out in mm-hmm. those, and i mean no the answer is no because i you know it's like a big thing but people we have to come out all the time yeah uh it's gay people trans people you're constantly coming out yeah yeah and i definitely i feel like i have a, a bit of an like because uh testosterone really like really changes what a person looks like whereas estrogen is a little bit more subtle and from what i've from my opinion i don't 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 uh no, yeah, yeah that's um, I, I would um, uh, agree with that. So uh, I I have this uh, where people don't know I'm trans, um, and I so I always have to think about will will I will I not come out um, like and I, I I identify as non-binary and use they them pronouns, but because I work in a lot of uh, male heavy industries, um, I don't tend to tell people that because it's just easier. Um, so I, I feel that in a little bit of a different way where, you know, like I'm kind of being, I'm get, I get a lot of reassurance in my gender, but not the reassurance I kind of want. Um, yeah. And I yeah. think even, I, I think we, I know we talked about the first episode about like pronouns and messing up pronouns and all this stuff. And I'm pretty sure we never like said our pronouns yeah. on this. I don't think we've said that our pronouns actually on this podcast. Um, and so I probably have been misgendering, like using he, him pronouns uh, for you. So I do apologize about that, but it's one of those things where like, to to then you know sometimes you're like you know someone and then okay when is the right time to like you know explain what, what my pronouns are mm-hmm. or what like you're constantly like thinking i don't think probably cis straight people realize how much uh gay and trans people are thinking about this kind of stuff all the time there's like i know a coworker of mine talked about um how uncomfortable was that like every time there was a new work co-worker they would ask him like do you, are you married do you have a wife Oof. and so then he in that moment has to either say no i don't have a wife or he, he has to choose to say well, actually i have like i'm married to my husband um and he, he has to come out in that moment even though you know so there's just like all these ways i think mm-hmm. that gay and trans people are thinking about you know how we're being perceived or when we come out to people like all yeah. the time yeah. Yeah. I, it's funny because I, I, you, you don't see my arm, but I have they them tattooed on my arm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like we see each other through the Zoom screens, and yeah, yeah. Uh, you can't even see like any of my tattoos through. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is funny because one time someone clocked the they them tattoo at a job and was like, "Are those your pronouns?" And I was like, "Yeah," but I didn't tell them I was trans. They just assumed I was right. an a, a assigned male at birth person. Right. right. <laughs> Yes. um yeah. so yeah coming in actually zeke zeke was on um zeke's so for survivor i've talked about zeke before was on bryce's podcast mm-hmm. Man's podcast and he talked about how um not liking the term stealth and i i think for me i i i'm not stealth i can't be st- like it's not a thing that's sort of like kind of even like possible f- for for me and so i've never really thought about like 
whether I would like that term or not. But Zeke was very quickly like, we don't really use that term anymore. I, is that a th- I, people I still use funny. that? I'm talking out loud. Like uh, people, I I wonder if they're listening in. They're like, I thought you were an expert about everything trans. And I'm just like, is it? Is that an outdated term? Is that a term? Is there a reason why people don't? I think some people. I think there's like a split. I think there's there's especially in the trans masculine trans masculine community i've uh, i've been listening to the audiobook of susan striker's uh transgender history which i highly recommend anybody to read or listen to if you can get a copy um the new york public library happens to have it on audiobook but um yeah the, with trans masculine people specifically it's much easier to blend back into society because it doesn't take as much um surgery and or like you know like it just tea just kind of like takes over your body basically um mm-hmm. and so a lot there are a lot of people who live without people knowing their past and some people are okay with that term self and some people find it kind of like well that's just you erasing your past or that's like you know i can see how people would assume it's a bit like cis normative in the sense that like being stealth means people assume you're cis and that there's something like that's the normal i guess so maybe that's some of the issue that's uh why that term uh people don't one idea because in a perfect world um people could be trans and that's like great like, yeah that's a great thing and i mean that's how that's how i believe it's just like not yeah how all of society believes that like there's no issue with being trans that like that person is trans in the same way there are cis people and um so i, I think that's probably where that um the people are having a problem with it is that being stealth implies that people assume you're cis and so then by being cis that's like normal yeah or good or better um yeah. And, and and stealth, I think there's also a lot to do with um, the ways in which the ways people like their gender is affirmed is often through um, like, w- how do I word like white stereotype, like, like, like people are attracted, like yeah, outdated know, modes of thinking about gender. Yes. Or like <laughs> attraction. Yes. Yes. Or, or like, uh, or like standards of beauty. Yeah. Um, outdated standards of beauty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the, the first episode, second episode starts uh, with uh, Ellen uh, having a dream where she's in a supermarket and there's just like lesbian jokes. Like, there's a lesbian in aisle five. <laughs> um, like, can I help you? Like, with bring your packages, your groceries to the, your lesbian car. And uh, so Ellen wakes up. She tells the dream to her uh, Oprah therapist, and Oprah's like. Uh, you should tell your friends, otherwise you're going to keep having these dreams. And Ellen's like, I don't think so. And then she's like, what about your parents? And she's like, yeah. uh, okay, my friends. Uh, my friends, yeah. So she tells uh, her friend Peter, who is an openly gay man, um, that she's gay before everyone else shows up to her coming out party, I guess. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's he's very supportive, very excited. And when everyone else shows up, she's kind of hemming and hawing about coming out. And uh, Peter outs her by accident and pretty much everyone is supportive except Paige one of her best friends who's uh feels a little uncomfortable about it which is kind of a a, kind of a through line I've been seeing throughout some of the shows we've been watching like um the the Simpsons episode um Marge is like weirdly uncomfortable with uh Selma being gay even though she was all in favor of gay marriage in Springfield and we're seeing this here with Paige who obviously doesn't have an issue with Peter being gay but feels some kind of way about um Ellen being gay yeah it's yeah the i i mean i get peter is like pretty like flamboyant. i mean i love the scene where they're talking back and forth about um when he's like and i just sat my parents down i told them like this is gonna be and like by kindergarten they were very supportive like i i love that uh i think it's interesting just, i think you and i have a bit of a, a different experiences about when 
we come out. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of people when people come out later in the in life, they're like, oh, if I had to just like come out in high school, like I would have had all these years, and it would like there's a sense that it would have been like easier somehow. I think that sometimes, or for me, it's more about like I missed out on something, mm-hmm. so that I didn't. Especially coming out as trans, it's like I really wish I could have gone to prom the way I wanted to go to prom, right? Like that's the sort of stuff I missed. But man, the people who like were out of my high school did not have it easy. Um, not there, there weren't trans people out, but there was uh, at least two. Um, people who identified as female at the time, actually one person has since uh, come out. But yeah, so that, it wasn't easy to be out like in high school. That's like the worst time to like, you know, children are mean. Yeah. <laughs> Teens are mean. Yeah. I, yeah, I was uh, very lucky to go to a high school that didn't have an issue with me being uh, openly gay. But uh, if there were any boys um, in my, they like, they would have been like teased and tormented because I, I would hear things. There was one guy who was, who identified as bisexual and people would say things about him and uh, like, they would never say that about me. Like there wasn't that same sort of threat they felt from like guys just kind of treated me as one of the guys. And I just had, I just hung out with a lot of girls and they just never had an issue with it. Um, but I don't think, you know, I, I think the only thing it gave me was a huge knowledge of early 2000s, queer media because because like while i did date in high school i did not date a lot and i was very bad at it <laughs> you sound like you're discrediting that like yeah, that's great i love it i love that you have a very extensive knowledge of early 2000s uh gay media so yeah no. that's the reason this podcast exists so <laughs> that's right yeah i mean yeah so i just say i think it's funny i think people off i mean i think a lot of people like wish they could have come out sooner and they couldn't whenever you come out that's when you come out and it's you know that's the right time yeah for you people shouldn't rush me out, but I, I think the, the discussions around like oh, I just wish I had come out like then and it's like you know you there's a reason you didn't and you know you probably knew what was going on and and then, and then you came out when you were ready to come out so yeah and and not and like you you're shaped by what you did before you came out and that shaped you in a way that allowed you to get to the place where you realize that about yourself so there's no like people you know shouldn't shame someone for being in the closet you know and I like yeah. Which does happen, like if you watch SNL, like there's like a whole there was a whole bit about like uh like a very flamboyantly uh femme guy who was married to a woman and that was like the joke of the and that was in like two thousand fifteen. Mm. Like that mm. was a joke of the skit. Um and it's like, well why can't he just be a flamboyant man who likes women? Right. And right. like the buzz joke doesn't have to be that he's gay and that he's really just covering, you know. So uh yeah, that's why I say sh- there's no shame because people still yeah. do that, um to the you know less than five years ago yeah that's wild um where were we again yeah we, uh, we peter peter outs yeah. ellen which also don't do that do not don't do, and i mean uh, uh yeah anyway unless you have again, express, if you make a mistake yeah what it's unless you have expressed permission yes yes permission consent yeah very important um yes ellen comes out yeah Paige is uh that's the character's name i yep. believe Paige. she's you know, a bit hesitant. Um, what is her friend's name? Uh, Aubrey? The other, the other woman. Yeah, she is just lovely. Yeah. I just love her, and I would watch an entire show with mm-hmm. her. She is great. I love, like, her every reaction she has in this. She's just like, oh, I think that's great. She just gives Ellen a hug. Like, it's so sweet. Um, it's, like, pretty much, like... Like I talk about like my brother, when I came up to my brother, his reaction was just like, okay, cool. What do you, what do you need? Like, and that's kind of like what her reaction is. There's some stuff that she says later, which is like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like, but I, I love her. She's like trying so hard. I think I've used the term like a fumbling ally before, which is, I think what it, she's a bit, um, 
like that, but she's just so sweet, and she obviously just cares about Ellen, and yeah. she's the best. She's my favorite character from this from this episode. Yeah, sure. I think she's a little gay herself, but you know that could just be Ooh, that could just be me projecting, <laughs> like me because I think she's the cutest person in the cast. <laughs> so I'm always so oblivious. <laughs> Oh, she what a sweet friend, and you're like, no, she's gay. <laughs> no, no, she's not gay. She, but she has like very femme style. Like, like I see right, with right. queer women walking around, you know, well, not really right now, but in normal circumstances, walking around in fashion like that. Uh, Aubrey Hattie, just just look her up, Aubrey from from Ellen. You know, I'll post a picture of her on Instagram so you have an idea of what she looks like. Um, yeah, so they uh, then Ellen goes next next day. She she brings Susan to the coffee shop that uh, or slash bookstore that Ellen used to own uh and now manages and basically susan is like i have a partner of eight years i'm sorry i led you on and ellen is a little bit baby heartbroken but her friends rally her and bring her to a lesbian coffee shop and uh, a woman comes up to their table and hits on Paige. <laughs> yeah uh who is not loving it but yeah. you know so yeah, I think you know. We, I think we kind of sidetracked from that discussion before about sort of the Marge type character. I I feel like it's written in a way of like trying to reflect a bit like what society might be thinking that like like oh like I, and I think there are a lot of people who would be in my life who like before I came out would have been like I will support trans people and then when I come out it's like oh I don't know mm-hmm. how to like and I think there's a bit of like fear too of like doing the wrong thing saying the wrong thing. Um, so yeah, I don't know. So I I don't mind the portrayal of Paige in this episode. Obviously, we don't get a lot of resolution in this episode. So I I would hope um, as it goes along, maybe there's a bit you know of a storyline about her trying to you know come to terms with why she's feeling uncomfortable. Um, yeah. Because I think that's a thing that people feel, and I hope that they try and figure out why and start to feel, <laughs> start to feel comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I don't remember. Uh. I might actually as like watch some of the later episodes because i tried like watching some of the earlier from season four um but i just couldn't get through it just uh it is a little bit schlocky in the beginning of the season well i will say that the puppy episode like the humor is like really good and it's like it still feels um fresh even today but uh some of the earlier episodes fall into a few of like the you know 90s sitcom stereotypes you know that you get you know in tropes Yeah, I thought this episode was really like well written in this. Like, I love. There's a lot of the stuff that it, it it reminded me why I liked watching Ellen, like um, uh, the the talk show. Um, like, I love the line. It's so stupid. Like, it's the exact type of thing that I I would do where it's like a stupid little joke where like she like makes a wit. Like, this her is an eyelash. Oh yeah. She makes a wish. She closes her eyes, and then uh, he's like coffee, and she's like, "How'd you know?" Like, that's like the like I I just think it's so like cute and clever. Her, a lot of Ellen's humor wasn't like risque either sort of like in a jerry in the jerry seinfeld mm-hmm. mold of like it wasn't like dirty and you could you could watch it uh as far as i remember the talk show was definitely like that um even like her most risque jokes were like her explaining that she's like joking that she's a lesbian um so yeah i just i really like the the humor in this episode the comedy i think it's really well written um yeah made me realize why ellen was popular I, anyway yeah but it is a little you know astounding that this show didn't like you know have a lot of like mainstream syndication i feel like i feel like yeah growing up for me it was like seinfeld was like the big syndicated show and then there were shows like roseanne and you know like um everyone loves raymond those you know and you know family matters those kind of shows just like were you know always in syndication but ellen i only ever saw in syndication on 
you know, own, which, you know, is way up there yeah. in the digital cable, you know, sector. And, she, you know, if, if she never got like that role of Dory in Finding Nemo, would would she ever have become the Ellen she is today? You know, like it's it's interesting to think about like the alternate timeline where she doesn't get the role of Dory and she kind of is just known as this like middling comedian who had a sitcom and was a trailblazer but her career fizzled out after um you know making that risk taking that jump yeah i mean i i mean for all that she sort of like everything that's sort of come out recently i i think you know i i love the ellen jenner show like the talk show so i am glad that she sort of got the chance to sort of like re you know revitalize her because it would be sad that like she has this sort of groundbreaking piece of television and then you know, the same way I'm really actually Laura Dern is another good example of like someone who's really, especially in the last few years, she was uh, in um, Big Little Li- Big Little Lies, I think the HBO show so. uh, with like Reese Witherspoon. And then uh, she was also in um, Marriage Story. She played a really good character. And I think that's what won her the Emmy. So she sort of had a breakthrough recently. But yeah, it is said that like a year and a half she goes without work because she plays a gay character on TV. Um, like that's so sad. And so I'm glad that, you know. At least that's not the, you know, if Ellen sort of gets canceled now, at least the reason she doesn't get canceled is because she came out on TV. Like, at least that's not why she sort of faded. Um, yeah, we're, we're at the point where we can cancel our gay, our former gay heroes. Yeah, our gay <laughs> that's, that's like, what we're here to do. Cancel gay icon. RuPaul and fracking? Bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ellen and being a meanie? Bye. So I, I did get a question. I got a question from Colin, who uh, some, sent in some stuff from the pro wrestling episode. So uh, Colin joked that he, of course, he had to preface his question with a statement. He says how obnoxious, but that's that's fine. I love Colin. So um, so it's Ellen has become such a catalyst for discussions in 2020 about the way she treats people, being rule, rude, a cold personality, creating a toxic workplace, etc. However, it's undeniable the impact Ellen has had on LGBTQ plus rights and represent, representation in media. If you watched her talk show, you would see openly LGBTQ actors or musicians or even activists on her show. If you think of a notable LGBTQ actor or musician or person of note, they've probably been on her show and featured in a positive light. How do we as queer people reckon with Ellen's providing, uh, with Ellen providing representation for LGBTQ people on her show with also the allegedly awful person she is? Uh, so, there's a yeah. huge thing at the end, but yeah. That's a good question. I, I like to think of it as we don't have to cancel our queer elders, we can just retire them. You know, like we can recognize what they've done for the community and we can commend them for that. But at a certain point, if they are being toxic, we don't like have to listen to it anymore. Like they can say what they want to say, but we don't have to follow what they have to say. It's just like the same thing with RuPaul. When he, you know, says thing about, things about trans women that are you know, either cringy or downright transphobic, we can commend him for what he's done for um, gender variance on television. Um, but we don't have to continue commending him. And we can just retire the RuPaul that, you know, brought us RuPaul's Drag Race and, uh, you know, just see him as, you know, a, a relic of, of his time. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think for... I, I think this is sort of the sentiment I get. I'm, I'm not at, like, you know, on Twitter being like, Oh my gosh, Ellen was mistreating her employees. We got to get rid of her. For me, it's like, okay, to, like let's what what is it? What is Ellen gonna say? And you know, she she obviously has kept her show, so her show didn't get canceled. And I I think that 
you know, I haven't really delved delve deep into like how serious like sort of people would consider the abuse in the workplace to be. Um, there obviously needs to be change on, on that show. Has there has there been change? Is she changing? Like with RuPaul, again, it's the same thing. Like I, I do think there's room to listen to, to people and see if they're willing to grow. So I, I don't think it has to be this like immediate cancellation. And that's, you know, if RuPaul keeps saying transphobic stuff, because I do think where that's coming from is a, a, a bit place of ignorance. That's how he said about trans women can't compete on RuPaul's Drag Race, which they, he has let them trans women he has had trans women compete on the show and i think even after he made some of these comments he um gia gun right or was that filmed so he's never had a trans woman who has been you know on consistent hormones had any or had any gender confirming surgeries so like in the early seasons if trans women were cast in the show they literally they changed their name on facebook back to their like old name they went off hormones and if you if so sonique who um came out as trans during the um uh the the last episode of season two she um had actually already been on hormones and the reason she said she was having such a hard time on the show is because she had stopped taking her hormones before going on and i think that was the same for um monique uh i think monique was her name beverly hills uh, monica beverly hills same thing i think that she had stopped taking her hormones and had a bit of an emotional um was emotionally overwhelmed because you know take you know stopping your hormones dead is you know it messes with your body um even if you still produce the hormones that were originally that you were born with you know so, so gia, gia gun was out when she was on the last uh on her, not the last season of uh all stars with the one before that but i maybe I, I don't know if they made her stop you know so i don't know so i you know i don't know i don't want to speculate you know um if they made gia stop taking hormones during her uh appearance as an all-star because during her first season she was on the show not out as trans yes. and um she but she did not have any surgeries and that's it seems to be rupaul's big thing is like i don't want someone with like a boob job competing on my show is what it seems like or who doesn't need a tuck competing on my show where yeah he basically said that like it's the equivalent of like taking performance dancing drugs or the olympics but like how is like you know, if you look up detox, mm-hmm. you're gonna or Trinity the Tuck, you're gonna see someone who has like a lot of like filler, a lot of Botox. I don't quite see how that's um, much different than like a trans woman, and it's it's mm-hmm. arguably it's even I don't know, I don't want to say it's worse or better or whatever, but like those people are doing it purposely because they're like trying to look better in drag, uh, as far as I I know now. Whereas trans women are just trying to like live their life. Uh, as a woman and so taking hormones for that reason and so then to say that like they're suddenly cheating at drag which like there's a lot mm-hmm. that we could uh delve into yeah. but anyway and detox has has pec implants right which right, right. are basically right. boobs okay right. like come right. on <laughs> right. all right anyway um ellen yeah yeah uh yeah. So, you know, I, I actually found an article where they were talking about whether this episode held up. <laughs> oh. And so we also must sue them for coming. So because yeah. this this you know, this episode had its, you know, twenty year um you know, of its airing happened three years ago, so there were a ton of articles about it. And uh, uh, one article, yeah, went into kind of like what what pop culture elements of this hold up and they said sling back does not hold up because no one knows what that movie is anymore and yeah. their you know clothing style doesn't really hold up where you know i you know 
I disagree. I think things are yeah. I love the fashion yeah. in this episode. I think things are fitted better this these days, but I think right. you you would not uh, be able to you know it it doesn't look that weird. And um, I think that was and the the, the comedy and, and the comedy does I think hold up in. I think so too. It's so it's I think that's it's so like it's not dirty and it's so like simple com it's like little tiny bits like little tiny jokes like i i think the comedy holds up yeah. quite well actually. i think the 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 least realistic part is a uh, a conglomerate buying so this is like kind of the season's uh storyline <laughs> yeah. is that a conglomerate bought out ellen's bookstore so she doesn't because she wanted to buy her own home and uh so she now manages the bookstore instead of owning it and you know nowadays it's the big conglomerate bookstores have all gone out of business so that's the only thing. and all the independent bookstores are starting to thrive again so that would be the one thing that doesn't uh really match up with today yeah uh i like that line where she's like this is the bookstore i used to own it now i'm management maybe someday i won't have to be here at all yeah, <laughs> yeah man i i miss those bookstores where they had the coffee shop and then like going to borders and it had the seattle's best coffee in the basement yeah. and you could go yeah. yeah i used to hang out at borders all way too much in, in high school it's a great place you know what didn't, to be gay yeah. it's a great place to be gay in high school a lot of gay shit you know mm. <laughs> a lot of gay stuff to read <laughs> at borders it's, yeah i mean it's hard to, it's I remember the kind of like wanting to peruse like the LGBTQ when I was like wasn't out and like wanting to read you know someone's biography or something and it's really hard to discreetly look at the LGBTQ uh, section of a bookstore without people knowing. Well, you're... see, the beauty of the borders in my like town was that they had a huge uh, manga section, and that's a great way to see some same sex uh, mm. media without uh, really anyone finding out what you're looking at. I have so many jokes about, like, uh, I was used to, people, the new Queer Eye, when it came out, people were like, oh, did you watch the old Queer Eye? And I was like, no, I did not want people to think I was gay, <laughs> so I did not watch the old Queer Eye. And then, um, or like, I don't know if you had that, like, I, I, I don't know, maybe, I, you know, I'd love for you to enlighten me, but in terms of, like, I was so scared about buying, like, uh, feminine clothing, and so I used to do, um, if I wanted to, like, try, because what I started doing was I would buy stuff without trying it on and then it wouldn't fit and then that was a waste of money so i wanted to figure out how i could try it on and i used to do uh my friend and i called um the masculine sandwich which is where you would i would put <laughs> two male items on the outside i would put what i wanted to actually try on in the middle and i go and i come and say i have three things i would like to try on, but i was hiding the thing that i actually wanted to try on in the middle um any if there's any clauses of trans women and you want to use the masculine sandwich when uh, you're allowed to go in and try stuff on <laughs> yeah feel free it's a good it's a good one there's there's it's uh yeah there's just not as much stigma on the other end about buying men's clothing when you um present as female mm -hmm. so um i never had that issue also i went clothing shopping once a year for jeans and everything yes. else was banned t-shirts and sweatshirts i got like from like interpunk.com <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean online shopping is, is, is you know it's uh you know a nice thing to have now if you're sort of worried about People, you know, what what are you buying in the store? But oh, I always would never fit. So I, you know, wanted to try it on. Anyway, um, what were we talking about? Uh, we were talking about the clothing of. Oh yeah, does it hold yeah. up? Yeah, we're gonna change our podcast to a fashion. We're gonna see if the fashion holds up in shows from now on. Yeah. No, um, but uh, in the final, final, you know, end ending with during like the credits, um, 
Laura Dern is going to uh, receive her uh, toaster oven for having converted <laughs> Ellen, which has become like a mainstay lesbian joke. You can see like places like Autostraddle still reference like the toaster oven is like the, like when you sleep with a straight girl, you get a toaster oven. That's the joke. Um, and the other thing I uh, I wanted to mention was um, they say the word gaydar in the episode. And I don't I can't think of it anything ever earlier than that show saying the word gaydar. Like, I know I can think of shows afterwards, like, especially like um, The Office, for example. Yeah, The Office. Um, had that whole gaydar thing. And, like, I know um, Futurama makes gaydar jokes um, with, you know, Bender because he's a robot. And otherwise, I just, like, 97 seems like pretty early for that term, you know? Apparently, it first appeared in the 1980s, mm-hmm. but um, it wouldn't surprise me if this is, like, one of the first media. Um, the, the times it's it's referenced, you know, on TV. Yeah, and you know but. that's huge too because like you know there, gaydar isn't a thing, but it is a thing. Like, like yeah. you can you can like kind of tell. Like I feel like I have like a seventy percent correct rate, especially with transar. Um, but you know, it's more like you can kind of you can kind of sniff out your own than um like an actual you know <laughs> radar <laughs> yes yes i know and then every once in a while you're like i'm like wrong it's like i'll see someone and they get like got engaged to a it's a man and they got engaged to a woman on mm-hmm. face i'm like oh yeah, yeah good yeah. Great. good for them i i went to college in maine and maine really messed with my gaydar because there's a lot of women who <laughs> uh wear a lot of flannel and a lot of like carhartts and there's this okay. this big country fair every year called um the like uh like the main organic fair i'm butchering right now i can't remember what it's called right now but like me and my friends would play a game called lesbian or main farmer like trying to figure out like we would just walk past a woman and be like lesbian or main farmer and you know <laughs> it, you really could not tell like like if there's any lesbians from maine here you can correct me if, you know but uh <laughs> that was my experience in college at least <laughs> So it it does. Uh, there, there's an article I was just looking because this is where it uh, the term originated. And they say when they do studies that most of the time studies about gaydar show that people have a better than fifty percent accuracy about guessing, you know, whether people are gay or straight. And typically it's about sixty percent. So you're you're like above average. Yeah. You're at seventy percent. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think most of it comes from like when I'm hopeful that someone's going to be queer yeah, 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 yeah. it's like i'd rather you know the gay cup is half full yeah that's right that's right um yeah i mean should we we should ask the 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 age-old question yeah does this episode hold up um you know i would say the episode as a whole does hold up but uh you know the controversy versy and uh you know the parental advisory surrounding it don't yeah, it's too bad we have to put a parental advisory on the beginning of this podcast. Yeah. But, uh, no, just kidding. Uh, I, I think it held up. The one the one thing I don't love, and it's something that we'll see in a bunch of um, stuff, I imagine, is Jeremy Piven's character is so gross mm-hmm. about being like, um, you know, and if you ever invite a woman over, like, let me know. And it's just like, oh, my God. It's like such a common, like, joke bit is the, like, m- these, like, straight men fawning over lesbians, and you're like... So gross, man. Like, yeah. yeah. And so that's that's like one of the few like jokes that don't work. You know, there's another bit where I know that there's okay. So they're setting up a joke where Ellen is with Oprah, 
She's with uh, her therapist. And she's sort of, like, complaining. She's, like, starting to go on. She's, like, starting this pitch about, like, do you think I'm choosing to, like, be discriminated against? Like, do you think, you know, and they're setting up a joke that, like, is, like, Oprah being, like, oh, you don't think I know what it means to, like, be discriminated against? Which is, like, f- I, I don't think that's, like, a ter- like the worst bit ever is, like, yeah, acknowledging that, like, there are pe- other people who have it, like, um, bad. I don't think that this this credits like what Ellen is saying but the first line when she's saying like do you think I wanted to be discriminated against they put in the laugh track and it's really jarring because she's I'm I'm like yeah that's like I think about that like that's a thing I say is like I didn't choose to be trans mm-hmm. I didn't choose to be queer um like it's a really hard life to be trying like to think about going out in public and being worried about like you know there's like it's, it's terrifying honestly because of like violence against um trans people and so I'm like, yeah, that's a really powerful point. And there's a laugh track behind it. And it's because they're setting up the like joke that's about to come. Mm-hmm. I just found that like really jarring. But Yeah, you know, I uh, I didn't pick up on that. And you know, that might be a uh, a case for it being a live audience too. I, I think I think it actually proves that it's not a live audience because I think they're more likely the writers are more likely to like add in the soundtrack because they know they're setting up a joke. Because that whole, like, her saying that is all a setup to then Oprah being like, oh, you're like, wouldn't it be terrible if you had to drink from separate water fountains and, like, all this? And then she says, we have to drink from separate water fountains. Like, it's all setting up a, a yeah. joke about um, comparing, like, not comparing, but, like, contrasting, like, LGBTQ discrimination with, like, segregation, basically. And so they are setting up jokes. So I think it actually gives credence to the fact that, like, the writers or the producers probably, like, put in the laugh track because they're trying to set up this joke. So the internet does anyway. say it was taped in front of a live audience, but um, we can meet halfway and say they put the laugh okay. sign on. Um, okay. All right. Fair. Fair. <laughs> so we've been rambling for, you know, a, a little bit here. Uh, so we're, we're going to let you all know what we're, we're, we're going to watch next week. Uh, we're going to go away from the, the comedies and towards the crime procedurals with an episode of CSI it's from season three, episode 14. Uh, it is an episode that Candace Kane was on and she discussed during in the uh, documentary Disclosure. So it's going to be interesting to watch that and see how well it does or most likely does not hold up. Uh, once again, if you can't find this episode anywhere, it's hard to find. Just shoot us a DM. We'll send you out the link. Um, no worries there. Yeah, it should be interesting. Disclosure, if you haven't watched Disclosure, it's well worth your time um, to watch. But Candace Kane specifically talks about being cast in this uh, role. So, yeah, I'm very ex- – I'm not excited to talk about it. I mean, it's, it's – uh, you know, again, we're going to talk about, like, violence against trans women. So, although in the Wikipedia thing, they call her a female impersonator. So, um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, that's, what we're, that's what we're talking about next week, CSI. Very different from what we're watching. This yeah, week. it's not even CSI Miami, so I can't go. Yeah, wait, we could we could still do that. <laughs> um, yeah, let's. We'll have to lighten the mood by making as many puns as possible next week. Um, all right, I am on Twitter at Hi from Grace, um, and you can follow us on Twitter at Hold Up Podcast. That's with one P. And uh, you can also find us on Instagram. Same thing, Hold Up Podcast one P. Um, I'll be posting some pictures from this episode to the Instagram so you can see what I'm talking about. And you can find my Instagram tagged in the name, uh, in, the, in the description. I am really, just, it just, it's spelled weird, so I don't even want to say it. <laughs> but you, no, say it's, it. it's non-binary. Non-boy, it's, uh, it's so clever. It's so clever. Uh, yeah, you can follow me 
there. Um, you can look at it's mostly cat photos. So uh, if you like cats, you should you should. <laughs> Super cute cat photos. Yeah, I love them. and Grace has super yeah. cute dog photos. So you got we got cats yeah. and dogs. I think, I think I'm at hi from Grace on Instagram too. If you want, from, but I don't I don't post a lot. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. All right. See you next week. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.